1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDSE.
2: Welcome into another episode of the SICK Podcast with Draft Vogel. I'm John Vogel, your host, and we have today the Combine coming up here shortly. We want to get into the Combine, the 40-yard dash, the main event. Everybody tunes in to watch the 40, and uh, we're going to talk about that, look at some of the expectations of the upcoming receivers in the class And kind of make our picks Where do we think these guys are going to run So Shane, back there in the studio Justin, Gams, uh, Justin Gamble's in Mark Jarvis is in Let's get this thing rolling
0: Turn up your volume
2: Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, Sick Podcast.
0: With Draft Vogel
2: With the first pick in the 2021 NFL draft the first pick in the 2022 NFL draft with the first pick
1: in the 2023 NFL draft
0: the sickest NFL draft
2: show it's going to be sick. Sick, sick 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 and combine coming up lots of good stuff to get into with the combine but first if you haven't already make sure that you subscribe to us either on YouTube or On Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Make sure that you click that subscribe button. Get notified every time we have a new episode come out. We've had a lot of really good interviews. Conversations are coming back into the forefront. We got pro days coming up after the combine. Lots of interesting stuff to start digesting. And today, let's bring in the guys. Uh, Jarvis, Gam, and we got guys to talk about the combine. And first off, gentlemen, um, we've actually put this in the hands of of Jarvis. So if this is not interesting, it's all his fault. That's okay. actually true. No pressure, Jarvis. No, no pressure. That's okay. I can talk about forty times all day.
1: So um <laughs> we can just jump into it because Games decided to after like two week hiatus of not don't
0: start. Cardinals,
1: he's decided he wants to go back to his old ways.
2: <laughs> he's gone back <laughs> he's to the to the hiring. i trying to keep Brady. me from what
0: I love. What'd you say?
2: <laughs> you're Tom Brady. Yeah. I'm out of time Brett Favre, more like here, guys. This is more like Brett Favre. Not that Not yet. He's you're gonna go out there and they're gonna be like, Justin, shoot it, shoot it, and you're gonna like put out a wimpy shot. And you're gonna be like, Yep, I shouldn't have come back. <laughs>
0: That's me. That's what Brett, I'll do. It's
2: Brett Favre that last year <laughs> in Minnesota, you know, when he'd throw the ball and like You were like, where was that supposed to go? Go back to the bench. (laughs) Guys, I don't have it anymore. Yeah, that'll be me. It's gone. (laughs) All right. So, um, anyways. Combine's coming up. Everybody tunes in really to watch Combine. Well, most people. When I say everybody, I mean fans. No, everyone. Fans tune in to watch the 40. We we tune in. At least I do. I don't know about you guys, but I tune in to watch drills and watch uh, hip flexibility on defensive backs and – Watch receivers run routes against air and just kind of see, all right, is there a little explosion there? You know, basic stuff we watch Combine for. But let's get into some stuff. Uh, you've got the 40 times that are projected pulled up over there, Jarvis. And I think the plan is to sit down and kind of talk about some of these guys and where we expect to see them run. Yep.
1: I'm going to see uh the game ends up being way, way off. Or if he actually has a decent eye for over/under on forties, if it's something he should be betting on, so uh, don't start with me. I'm gonna start Travion. with receivers,
0: Mr. Travion Henderson in the four threes. That was you, Travis. Hey. Sorry, that
1: was a hot take.
2: I, I think it I was. Don't know. it was what not I was at the time.
1: I'm gonna put you on receivers first because I know you love receivers game. Yeah, you got um, a Marvin Harrison year. Jr. And these these forty uh, times I'm pulling from uh, from draftscout.com. 4 four four okay. six over okay. under.
0: Ooh. That's what he's projected at, huh? That's not bad. I think he's gonna go under. I think he's gonna hit like four four three. Hmm. Yeah. I think he's gonna run four four three.
2: Four four six. That's interesting. Um, oh that's like right in the middle of like, oh shit. Yeah, that hits that hits. It's like this could this could <laughs> like, easily be even. I could um, be dead on. Are we talking about hand times? Are we talking about the official <laughs> times? The officials. Oh, show. <laughs> um, we'll, <laughs> no. we'll, we'll call. Yeah, I'm already, I'm already ducking. I'm already right. trying for like you know the. Yeah. <laughs> Screw it, <laughs> man. I'm we'll going to loop we call it
1: electric time. We'll call it the electric the laser that they put up laser on laser time when they okay, put okay, on four TV four four for six. the official that puts, gets put in the APT. Yeah,
2: the official. Right, right. Uh, four four six. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say over. Four four eight. Four, what do you? Four eight.
0: So you think that Keon Coleman is going to run faster than Marvin Harrison Jr.? Correct. Okay. I wanted I feel that feel documented. What are you going to do for, for the record? What are you going to do about it? She's what typed. The girl it? in the corner is typing. She's putting it on the record, just so you know. Yep, I know. It's okay. All righty, here we go. Okay. <laughs> it's starting. Now, thank you for here.
1: clarifying hand time versus uh, laser time because I always use hand time. So, okay. Ah, okay. This one I feel like is going to be an easier one. Malik Neighbors four four six.
2: Malik oh, Neighbors under. is a four four six, yeah, under. Yeah, under. under. He's a four three eight guy at least. Yeah, the thing yeah. with him was like specifically when he works out of the slot, you see his ten yard splits probably going to be pretty darn awesome, um, and then he just keeps getting faster. So yeah, I think I think he's, he's a freak. very he's well, the fastest kid alive. He very well could be sub four four, <laughs> easy. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, Romo Dunze is also a four four six. They're just putting four, what? 4 6 on everyone. Yeah,
0: that's just their thing this year, huh? I think Odunze hits 443. He's under as well. Even. You can't okay. push. <laughs> I, can <too. laughs> I pushed. Bam. Okay. He's he's taking took, the
1: least likely option by taking it right on the money at 446.
0: 446. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'll let him do that. I'll let him do it just cuz it ruins his accuracy.
1: Um, <laughs> he's got a track background doesn't he? Wasn't he like a State mm-hmm. champ, like sprinter guy?
0: 200, yeah, wasn't like a 200 meter champ? There. I mean, I know they said he's gained like 20 pounds since then for his receiver role, but I'm like, I on tape, he's still, I feel like when he's not worried about the ball or any, like, he's going to run fast. I just think he, he already has that background of like knowing how to run. And when you just say, hey, go back to being a track runner, like, that's going to come out. I think he's going to hit pretty good time. Yeah,
1: I'll do under in that case then. Okay. Brian <laughs> Thomas Jr., 448. 448?
2: Yes. Four, four, eight,
0: like, <laughs> I think he might be a 4 3's guy when all said and done. I think he's like a 4 3 9 guy. I'm going under. I'm going to go under a level two. I think he's yeah, faster he's... than anyone we've talked about except neighbors.
2: Now, I wonder what what his GS was at.
0: Because that dude's acceleration is elite, elite. Marky, what do you think?
1: We've got Keon Coleman up next. I know where you guys said on this because we talked about last episode. John's got him four four five. You got him four five five. So I'll go ahead and go over with Keon Coleman. What is his? Later.
0: What is his predicted or projected forty? Four five zero. Four five zero. Oh. oh wow! It's right in the middle of me and John's prediction for him. Gosh darn it. Hmm. Interesting. What do you got for us, John?
2: No, 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 no! I was just saying, interesting because it was like right dead. His projections right oh, dead in the smack okay. of what we were saying on the last episode. Right. You know, that's why I was saying I don't have anything. I don't think anybody's got anything on the GPS. I was trying to find something.
1: Here's, but- here's one. I'm really interested to see what you guys think. Malachi Corley, four five zero.
0: He's gonna be. He's gonna be over that. He's gonna be a four five two guy.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna be right there with you. I mean, Rat King, great player. Yeah, great player. You know, you know what was funny I was I, re- I talked to him the Friday night before the Senior Bowl a little bit, just you know, because we have that mutual friend in you know Austin, and so uh, that was an easy conversation kind of start. But I brought that up. I brought up the Rat King, I was like, I said, "Yeah," he said, "Going for Rat King." He says, "No, I ain't the Rat King anymore. This is Debo. I got to beat him out now." I went, mm, interesting. Hey. I like it. <laughs> I like it. He's that's it's he, your comp. Bro. He's understanding the assignment, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that is your one. comp. He, he's freaking deep. What did Debo run? Four four nine, I think. Four four eight. I thought it was four four six. I thought he was. Yeah,
0: I know he hit four fours, which was not unexpected, but like that was what he wanted. I think everyone wanted to see from him to kind of put him. Uh, up
2: there. It looks like he hit four four eight. Yeah. Four, yeah. Four, eight. yeah. On the and four four oh, well, on the hand time though. So Corley,
0: the second
1: round. if Corley runs for six, does he fall out of where does he fall to? Is that like a day, late day two, early day three,
0: around three or four? Because teams that love him might still take him around three, but he's going to fall at around four or five, possibly even.
1: Okay,
2: I've got one I that I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you guys are ready for this. I might. Just, Here we I go. might hang on to this one. Oh, do it. Say it. Say it. <laughs> Malachi Corley, thirty-second overall, Kansas City. I wasn't ready for that, and I won't ever be.
0: <laughs> but they did take Clyde Edwards helaire You know what? So who knows? Yeah, they
2: always take somebody who's projected uh, farther down the board. They took you an know?
0: undrafted running back first round, so what else is possible? <laughs>
2: Anything. But if you think – li- listen, think about it. You've got Malachi Corley, Rash- Rashi Rice, whoever you go get in free agency because they probably add somebody to kind of help out, stack the group. All right.
0: But or it's Patrick an auction Mahomes. we
2: just talked about. It. It's an
0: auction. I, they're smarter than Kansas, that. Kansas City if doesn't. If they don't do that. need to take him, I just think like the, the receiver class is so deep. Why reach that hard? Why reach because that far? you're
2: picking 32nd, and your next pick is going to be 64. But I think they could get him past 64, even. You know what I mean? I don't think. I don't think they're going to. I really don't. See. I really think. I think Corley. Corley. So the first thing about what he just did in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. If you watch the Western Kentucky offense, you know, I think uh, I had a couple of scouts tell me this. They were like, I've never seen an offense throw so many bubble screens. And that's what Western Kentucky threw a lot of was bubble screens. Because you got Malachi Corley. You can throw it to him. He's going to get yards after the catch. He's going to be awesome doing it. And the way but they the space problem, the field on it too. Yeah, the spacing wasn't. But what he showed in in Mobile is that he can run some damn routes. Yeah. And the one thing that I really liked about his route running, and I talked about it on Twitter last week, is just the fact that he gets down. He's already running low, so when he goes into his break, he's not really having to sell anything because he's not showing anything, and he just gets through it. And there's an instant, se- you know, there's instant separation there. And so, to me, I, I've I've been ha- I've had Malachi as like a second round guy most of the process, uh, but I think that. I think that there's a really good chance he's not there at 64. Interesting. And Kansas City most likely is probably going to go wide receiver.
0: See, I think they could still hit like A.D. Mitchell or someone with that pick. That is far more explosive and dangerous. But, again, could be wrong. We'll see.
2: But Yeah, but you I, want I, the guy that that's going to work back to Pat, you know? you I'm got, not you as got the guy I'm... that works back to Pat. Yeah. I guess we'll see. A.D. is not going to do that. A.D. is not going to do that. Make him. Sorry. Sorry, Jarvis, didn't mean to derail go. everything. De- derailed for quarter of the episode. Yeah, okay, come on, John, I got like 10 right. minutes left.
1: <laughs> Here's one Gam's gonna love Brendan Rice from USC. 450.
0: 4-2-5. No, I think he I know that he was on the freaks list, and I know that he is a good athlete, apparently. I just don't think it translates to football. Like I don't think that made him a good player, and I don't think he plays fast. I would imagine he runs faster than four five zero, based on everything after that day on Twitter that I was looking at that or that whole thing. I've, I've looked into all his, I mean, his background and what he's supposed to run. Probably going to be faster than four five zero. Um, I just so he's going under. does doesn't mean he's a good player. Yeah, I bet he goes.
1: I just want to see if you had a change of heart after our yeah. conversation about yeah. it. like oh, it's twenty three on the GPS and all this Feldman freak stuff, and it's like eh, he's probably going to run well even if he's not good. Yeah.
0: Yeah right. Yeah no, he's going to run fast. He's just not a great receiver, <laughs> but he'll go under.
1: Okay, Bowers I've got one tight end. Unless that. you guys got one you want to throw out here, I'm going to go Brock Bowers four four eight over under.
0: I think he enormous. burns. I think he burns, and we're all confused. I think he hits like four four three. That's just see, something I. It's going to
2: depend. It's going to depend to how he what he weighs in at. That's all you know because I was. I was looking at I was trying to come up with a like a comp today I was look I was watching Brock today and I was trying to come up with a comp like based on projected numbers and where he's you know like size measurables all that stuff and the guy that kind of stuck to me was uh carrier Derek carrier you know he they they're gonna have really similar athletic profiles I think a carrier ran a four five two that's kind of where I'm expecting Brock to fall right in around so was it 450 or
1: 448? Uh,
2: 448. I'm going to go ahead and say over.
1: You're muted, Gam.
2: Nope, we, <laughs> we lost him. him. We, we lost Gam mid episode. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to check his stuff. Look at that.
1: <laughs> okay. I guess he doesn't get to respond to that. I'll go ahead and throw I I'm gonna go over it just because how hard it is for tight ends to get down there. And I that's yeah. why I, I I think he's gonna be a freak athlete, but just four four eight's such a high bar to try to hit. Am I back? Yes, you're back. Yeah, you're back. Yes. <laughs> I think
0: he's you're gonna like come to at light. Him. He's gonna run four four three.
2: Prediction. I I have to wonder because Plesto had him at two thirty. I don't think he comes in at 230. I think he comes in closer to 240. What do you think he played at during the year? Because I could see. He so might himself. even played at 225, bro.
0: That's what I was thinking. I'm, I'm, I feel like he was under 230 during the year. Yeah. Uh, he looked like I, it. I wish I knew what his agent was advising him to do as far as what teams want. Do, do teams want to see him weigh in heavier so they pretend he can block? Or do they just well, say, screw it, you're a pass catcher?
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He can block. Come on, man.
0: Like, but you know what I mean. Like, are they? Because right now, at two, if he's six four, two thirty, and he's this dynamic with the ball in his hands and as a, I guess a route runner, seam stretcher, they're not going to say, we know blocking isn't your strength, but add ten pounds and we'll kind of force you in there. Like, he's not that guy, and I don't even think at a certain level you're not going to say stand in there and block defensive ends. That's not ever going to be what you ask Brock Bowers to do.
2: Yeah, so I just he, feel like he's
0: he's going to be asked to play the the
2: Kincaid. You know, type Yeah,
0: role. exactly. Which is don't block. It's be a catcher, and that's why I'm wondering if he should just go all in and say like, "I'm gonna be I'm a, a big dynamic slot. part yeah. of your off." Yeah, I'm a dynamic part of your offense,
2: but I don't block. Like, which do you prefer? But he can block. That's the thing.
0: Can he? Shouldn't he's
2: actually he's, he's actually fin- kind of nuanced with it. He goes inside and he sits there and delivers punches. He's a little bit yeah. of bender, but yeah. But he against NFL up. defensive ends, I don't think I'd ever want he played, he played against them. SEC, yeah. bro. Come on. And good blocking was and he wasn't great SEC. at it. And he wasn't good at it. it, it, it
0: uh, uh. Anyway, sorry, Jarvis. What do you think, Jarvis? Because I know you're a big Bowers guy.
1: Like I said I'm probably gonna go over just a little bit just because it's so hard for those guys to get that low. But if he comes in at two thirty, like yeah, he's probably gonna be up there. He's what if he just, gonna be in that mid
2: four forwards range if he's running two thirties. Okay. What if he just blows our minds and tests like Vernon Davis did? That's all my- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <I don't- laughs> Vernon-, Vernon was an alien,
0: dude. Vernon was an absolute. Four three seven. I saw that today yeah. and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what?
2: Yeah. I remember Twitter would have lost like- its damn mind if it oh. had been around for that. All right. We got Bucky Irving, 448. 448? 4-4-8? Mm. Under. Yeah, I'm gonna say under on that. I think yeah, he- I th- he's close. He's gonna be close to four three. Oh, really? Well, not 4.30, but like 4.39. He'll be close. Really Interesting. Yeah. I kind of get the quicker than fast
0: vibes from him. I don't know. With, with that little stubby stride of his, I kind of don't see that being a 40 killer. You know what I mean? Like he might mm-hmm. be fast, but I think at a certain point, you, you when your strides are that small, we see those guys that look insane on tape and then they run 4.48 four, to 4.55 five, and we're like, dude, I thought he had home run speed. I think he's... You know what, I'm gonna say over actually, Jarvis. I think he's a four or five guy. He's talked himself out of it. Look at that. Yeah, I have. <laughs> he's a four or five guy.
1: <laughs> he, he thought about the stride length a little bit too was much like, and himself down. He's
0: like five foot one. He's gonna run he's gonna run four or okay. five. Okay.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna mess up the name, the Notre Dame running back, Audrey Estime.
0: I think it killed it with the name right there, but oh. so. Yeah, I think that's the name. Four four five oh. Four or five oh, over. Over. Over yeah.
1: over. I can't yeah. do. I I watched him. I'm worried he might be close for like mid four sixes. Yeah, yeah there's times I'm, where I'm
0: like, "Go, bro!" Good player though, like nuanced runner, but not as fast player.
1: One I'm more interested in Braylon Allen four four six because I thought he looked really slow on tape, but I've heard four, he's going to test nuts.
2: Over. <sighs> we lost you again, Gam. Your uh, light went off on your mic. He blew into it too hard. He did. Come on, Cam. Man, he's (laughs) technical different. There we go. Okay. Lights back on. Let's go. I
0: gotta figure out what's going on with this mic because everything's plugged in. I'm not touching anything, and then it just shuts off. So we'll see. Scared. I tell you you're gonna go over. No
1: 446 for Braylon Allen.
0: Yeah, I think he's going over. I don't think he's to run under that is just insanity. I mean, that's speed that That there's no way he has. Yeah. Yeah, there's no chance. I can see it. I can
2: see it.
1: Okay, I'm going to do – I got a couple defensive ends, couple linebackers. Uh, I'm throwing one corner real quick. Well, no, no, here no, here. give
2: me what, – what, What's where's Dylan Lobby projected to run? Oh,
1: yeah, crap. I forgot about him. Um, New Hampshire. Pull him up. Yep. He's projected 4 5
0: Man, that's a tough one. Oh, I don't want to crap on our boy, but I feel like he comes in four five five and still is the you know that's an not, amazing that's not, player. Yeah, that's not crapping, though. I'm just um, saying to go say over, but I'm like I don't think it changes that he's awesome at football. Four five two.
1: Yeah, I had four five four for the one. He's <sighs> I'll go slightly over. He's a little bit of a short strider. Yeah,
2: there we go. With those short yeah, strides. probably probably four five five. Start, right?
1: He's, he's the, the four exact five same two thing that just described Irving as. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, but I think we're all taking oh, it man, over. You see,
2: yeah, I, I have to take the over. I love yeah. Dylan. He's gonna be a great freaking player. Yeah. Okay, Cooper DeGene, four four nine. Wait. Is under. he gonna
1: run? I hope so.
0: But I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't think he's
1: gonna run. That's right, he is coming off the medical. Okay, we'll 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 see. Okay, he probably shouldn't run considering the medical. Mm-hmm, come on, man. If he did run, do you think he'd be comfortably under?
0: Under, yes, yeah, he'd yeah. so. be a four four one guy or something like that.
1: Okay, J C Latham, and I know this is very weight dependent. If he comes in at three thirty or three sixty, it's like okay, which one? Five two one, and that's being listed as three sixty.
2: Over. I think over. over, regardless of whatever he comes in at. I can't to 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 kind of expect him to kind of under be under five.
1: Around. Five two, one If he comes in three
2: thirty or less. At
0: three thirty, he could hit that. He could go a little under, maybe. <sighs> Something I, see like, it. I think he,
2: I have got him projected as a five three, five four type guy. That is so hard to say because he's such a oh, big fluid. dude. Like
0: but he's such a big dude. And like three sixty and three thirty are drastically different. So I'm like, yep. I don't know. It's hard to know what he'll come in at. I'll
1: go under three thirty over three sixty. Amarius Mims, five three two.
0: I think he goes under.
2: I think that boy gets cruising. That's right. That's right on where I've got him. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just say a little bit over. I'm going to take the safe side.
1: So I'll, I'll, I'll go slightly over, but that's basically spot on where I had him. Tyler, What's the, uh, go oh ahead. Tyler go ahead. I was just going
0: to say, since I got like three minutes left, what was the DB other than? Did you have another DB other than Cooper DeGene pulled up?
1: No, I was just going to DeGene. If you got a guy ah, you want okay. to figure out, we can throw him in real quick.
0: Terry and Arnold.
1: Terry and Four, Arnold, three, we've eight. got. Yeah. Dang, John. Listed. They got him at four four eight. Under I mean, then. Four, three,
2: yeah, eight easy yeah. under. Yeah, that's an easy You know, under. because because the thing about Tarion that just pops on tape is you see how fast he's moving when he's in man coverage, he's just like looking at the receiver, he's playing off. That guy comes up to him, he starts he just matches the speed. He's not even trying, dude. Yeah, he's not he just matches the dude's speed and he can just keep going. Like it's just no, I think he's a four three eight guy.
0: I think he tests and runs and looks a lot like Stefan Gilmore um yeah all said and done as an nfl player too yeah i think that's where we're at
1: okay i've got i've got six more again can you power through those let's do it okay all right we'll hustle through tyler guyton 515
0: over over
1: do you think guyton's gonna be over
2: Uh,
1: yeah i do
0: yeah i I don't feel good saying it but i'm not gonna i'm just sticking I, i don't care Light feet, but something about the way he moved—I just don't see it.
1: No, I'm taking comfortably under. I'm okay. hearing he might go like four nines.
0: Yeah, I can see it. Fuck, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna regret that. Okay.
1: Okay, Jared Verse four seven two.
0: Over. Yeah.
1: I'm gonna go under. What are you thinking here, Gammy? You thinking like four, mid four sevens?
0: Yeah, I think mid four sevens. If you 4-7-8. asked me just without saying anything, I would have said like he's a four seven eight guy. I think he's got, you know, the burst and the twitch and everything, but that doesn't equal 40 stride. I don't think he's a 40 strider. I just don't. 4-6-8. I think he's a four seven eight. Me and Johnny are point one off again.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna use this as a cheat code. I think uh I'm gonna go under, and the reason being that if he is worse than four seven two, I don't think he's gonna run. <laughs> I think it's a 4789.
0: Chestnut checkers, Marky. <laughs> <laughs> right, this,
1: this one feels like an easy one to me. Chop Robinson, 476.
0: Oh, he's a 44 scout. Yeah, yeah under. Under. by a mile and a half. I think he's going to, people are saying, like, this is Michael Parsons again. Like, you're going to see an alien out here. I was I thinking think so. Nolan Smith is my
1: comp for him. And I feel like he could test kind of towards that area.
0: Yeah, and I mean he's quite a bit bigger and longer than Nolan, but I'm I'm hearing like this kid is not real, and you'll he's see it at the a combine. Also, Penn State yeah. athlete,
1: State. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah he's Coming gonna down, get
1: four three three.
0: Yeah, he's gonna get wild out there.
1: <laughs> okay, Darius Robinson four eight three.
2: Over.
0: That, yeah, I was gonna say that sounds a little. I I think he's like a four eight five guy. I say over two. That's
2: because he just came in at two nine two. At the. At the Senior Bowl, so yeah, he's too big. Well, uh, that's over, probably over on that right.
1: one. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna say slight over just because I feel like I feel like he could get into four sevens, but that's just such a it's a harder push to get lower than that at that weight. All right, two more. I gave you two linebackers who will have to figure out how you guys feel about Let's this week. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Four six four.
2: Over. Yeah, probably. Well, four six six, eight. Yeah, I'll I'll go over. Yeah.
1: You said you said a pretty comfortable game. What are you thinking? Like I
2: think, yeah, I think four six
1: eight. Uh, eight. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad. I think I actually yeah I put four six five, so I'm right on that line.
0: Another Uh, great player, but.
1: Eichenberg four seven three.
0: Who is Who is this?
1: Tommy Eichenberg. Oh, Eichenberg.
2: Four seven three under. Under, I think under. I think he's like a, I think he's four six guy.
0: I think he's a four six five type. Yeah, but I think he's under. F- that's four sevens feels a little rude. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll,
1: go over. I'll go four seven seven. His, yes? his, Dang.
0: Really,
1: his speed really really scared me. Short Strider.
0: Interesting. How tall? Is he, did, uh, do we know how guard. tall he is?
1: Uh. He's like
0: six four, six three.
2: I don't think have anything. Not that, official. Not that big. I think
1: he, the fish, right? about six two is what he's listed at. Something like
2: okay. that. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, Any, I think he's on there. Yeah, six two,
1: six two one. Any other guys you guys want to throw out there that you want to hit on or you know game? You. I, don't know I already you know. One. I know
0: Quinion Mitchell's about to burn up the track. Yeah. Um. So i have not. I don't know what they even predict for him, but I think he's a four twos guy. I guess. Four four three, so he's gone. He's oh he's a four two. I'd bet i bet so much money on that. Yeah. I think who else. Under. Yeah, easy under.
2: Think the record gets broken? No. no. Any contenders? I've heard there's one contender. Um,
0: Mitchell, maybe. I don't know who else,
2: John. No, not Mitchell. I've been hearing that this uh Griffin out of Mississippi State's pretty damn fast.
0: The D B? Who am I thinking? Who are we talking about? Receiver.
2: Receiver. Shrine guy. Yeah, he's a shrine guy. Oh. Uh, I don't think I've really
0: watched him at all, so I'm not sure.
2: It's like he's got a nickname kind of deal, like because his first name's a little bit tricky. Ledaiatric. Is Tulu the I remember that. I remember him. I've I've (laughs) heard he's going to He's going to make a run at it. I don't think he does it, but I've heard he's yeah. a comfortable four-two guy. Interesting. I've heard the same
0: about uh, Mitchell. Queenie and Mitchell is like, if he's four threes, he's going to be pissed. So,
2: <laughs> dang. And I've, yeah, and, I've
0: heard, and, and I've heard chop chop. Like if he's not a four fours low four fours, he's going to be pissed too. I've heard he's early. Yeah, man. But anyway, boys, that's all the well, time I
2: got. Gam's oh, gam's yeah. going to take off. You got a hockey game to get to. I got some That's stuff. Left. Yeah, break a leg, bro.
0: You just don't say that. And i uh, <laughs> see so you. No, no, we
2: do say that because last time I, I said something else and you tore your ACL. So yeah, we want you to go back to retirement. <laughs> so break. So I leg. want you Wednesday nights right here.
1: Wish
0: me luck, boys. <laughs> Later.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and there goes game. So all right. Is there anything crazy that you're looking at it with the combine, Jarvis? That, you anything know, I know that. Well, yeah, the format is going to be maybe some combine snubs that you feel like we we had one. I talked to him last week on the show. You know, John Rice Plumley. I was shocked he didn't get a chance at the, at the combine. Honestly, because that's a tester. Typically, you want to test her up there, and I felt like the quarterback class was a little bit smaller than we're used to seeing.
1: To be honest with you, I think with this class with how burn up the back end of the class was, it really didn't surprise me. Like I didn't think there were any major snubs. I think generally when you look at the process they go through, it's hard to find snubs. Those guys as you kind of get down the tier talent-wise, there's a lot it levels off a lot, right? So that it's not like, oh, you know, towards the top the gap between, you know, a Wide receiver one and wide receiver five is pretty notable, but hey, wide receiver 35 versus wide receiver 40, it's kind of really split in hairs. So I didn't think there was anything that was really surprising about the group. I didn't think there was any major snubs or anything. I think I think Carson Steele maybe just because I expected, hey, he's big, strong, you know, P5 or P4 now back, who declared as an underclassman. I figured he might get in, but I don't know. I feel like there's just nothing really shocking about the the list or anything like that that I can think of that I don't know if you have a topic in mind with that that maybe you're thinking of more about. so
2: maybe a, maybe a good way to kind of spin this is to get into you know the Big 12 Combine that's coming up and we'll probably talk Ooh, way more fun. about it yeah we'll probably talk way more about it you know once it gets closer because it's going to be toward the end of March Um, but if you hadn't heard yet which I'm really surprised if you hadn't Big Twelves put together their own Combine uh, essentially, where they're gonna, it's, they're going to combine all the pro days to Frisco, Texas, and they're going to basically have a combine type event with all the Big Twelve teams there in attendance. Um, so, if you're a Big Twelve guy, that's where you'll be doing your pro day this year. So, so I've heard two different like sides of it. I when I heard about it, I loved the idea um, because you know I talk to a lot of scouts and I go to some of these pro days. So I get to hear people talking about, you know, the lack of, um, you know, like or really the, the the demands of traveling during the all-star period, going to different places, going to games. Uh, or not games, but this place, you're driving nonstop. you got a couple hours here for a pro day. You're driving to set up to the next place because they're spread out all over the country. And so, like, when I went to Vanderbilt last year, a lot of the scouts there were leaving – pro day and going straight to MTSU and doing the hit in the pro day there. And other guys were driving to, I think the bottom end of Georgia that night to get set up for a pro day down there. So it's like the, the travel demands are crazy. So I thought it was smart of the big 12 to kind of combine it all into one event, put everybody out there, run them through a, over a four day period. It's going to be from the 27th to the 30th, the 30th of March. Uh, I thought it was smart. Now, the other flip side of that, and I've heard this from some of the agents uh, and other players that play at smaller schools, like there were a lot of small schools in the Ohio area that got opportunities to send their guys to the Cincinnati Pro Day. Cincinnati's part of the Big 12 now. They can't get into the Big 12 con- the uh, Big Twelve Pro Day because they're not part of the Big 12, and now they're trying to figure out where they're going to go do their Pro Day. So there's there's positives and there's negatives to it. So from your aspect, you know, is evaluator not necessarily working with a team right now but as an evaluator what, w- what were your kind of first thoughts when you heard about the big 12 uh, pro day
1: to be honest with you from my own perspective it doesn't affect me that much so my immediate mm-hmm. thought was okay how does this affect scouts how does this affect agents and so the agent you you actually just mentioned an agent actually replied to one of the things i shared about it saying he used to be able to send all of his small school local guys to uc's pro day he can't do that now so they're trying to find an option Um, I think, so let's start with the agent perspective, right? From the agent perspective, I think there's a few things at play. One is I think it's going to make it easier for teams to get all the data that they need, whether it's, I don't know how much medical testing they're doing, what all they're going through process wise there, but if they're treating it like the actual combine and they're getting all that information, it's going to help teams to have more information about the background of these guys, the medical, of these guys, and so on and so forth. Um, and I think that's going to be useful. And I think agents will benefit from having those guys in those kind of central locations. I think the influence of the transfer portal to where all these lower school guys t- are tending to go up is going to lead to where we're seeing fewer and fewer guys who need that. You know, hey, come in on a local pro day. Maybe you're let's say you're from Dayton. Right. And you're play you play to Dayton and you need to go to UC. Right. Nowadays, most of those guys who would be good on Dayton that are actually NFL bodies are going to be going to bigger schools already. They're going to be transferring up. So it's not going to be as big of a deal. For the guys that don't have that, who are still at Dayton, they're effed. <laughs> like it's <just> very <laughs> hard. They're pro day. And, and it the the aspect of if an NFL scout has not timed these guys and measured these guys and, and has that verified data, they can't stand up for that guy in the room. They can't fight for that guy, right? And so where do you get that? You know, where, where do you get that information if you're not doing it at these pro days? I think it would be smart for something like this conference pro day. All the teams that are in that conference, what they should do, please agents, to be honest, is, hey, take the Dayton guys. Take the guys that were maybe small school guys that in the Ohio area who needed it to test a pro day. They're allowed to come down under the banner of Cincinnati and they have their own day blocked off for testing, so on and so forth. That creates a lot of logistical issues because, hey, you're having to take these guys across the country. You know, used to, you just go down the road from Dayton to Cincinnati to test at the pro day. Now you have to come all the way down to Frisco if you want to do it. That's a nightmare for agents, but it at least gets them to where scouts can time them. Maybe you could bring back regional combines for smaller school guys. I know that used to be a thing back in the day. Maybe that's an option that would help. But it's just from an agent standpoint, bigger agents probably won't care. The smaller agents who are taking these guys out of FCS and D two, it's going to kill them. It's going to make it very hard for them to to get that verified info.
2: Um, well, from the, a scout perspective,
1: the, go ahead, go ahead.
2: The aspect that I would add too is I don't think that this is where it ends. I think that you know you're going to see the SEC, the Big Ten, you know these conferences are going to be start putting similar type events together so that they can stack them on the calendar. And mm-hmm. that's the thing that's interesting about it too when you think about it. You're about to get a, go into the scouting standpoint, which is you go in, you can send one or two guys there for three, four days, and you're good. You're getting all that data. And, you know, it makes that process simpler for teams, cuts down their travel. I mean, it's going to be nothing but positives for teams. But I think that this is going to become a thing that's going to continue on. Now, you do have... You know, the national scouting combine, which is not NFL sanctioned or anything like that, but that's a place where other players could tip, you know, go to from some of these smaller schools. Um, they don't usually pull a lot of big names or anybody that's usually, you know, for um lower leagues, you know, like the UFL, uh, the arena leagues that are coming back, they'll be using that a lot. And then even like Japan and, and uh in and the European leagues, but i think there's still options out there it's just going to be how much can these people put up you know the awareness of what's available for these guys um and i think that those types of events will continue to grow because you're going to see the conferences making this drastic shift toward having conference centric pro days
1: and it's going to be interesting too because these conferences have an incentive. At least from my understanding to not allowing these small school guys right like there are some schools that when it was just school pro days hey we're gonna just you know close the doors and it's our guys only we're not bringing in anyone else any of these small school guys they're not getting a chance to showcase which just makes the life of scouts harder um you mentioned some of these other options i almost wonder if some of these all-star games let's say all these pro days start drying up and it's you can't get into let's say these big power five power four conference pro days is it possible that like a CGS or something might start doing that? Maybe like the HBCU combine, things like that start popping up. Um, I don't know. I think just overall, it's going to, even though it makes travel easier for scouts, I think it just makes a lot of people's lives harder, especially on the lower end of the totem pole as far as agents and players go, guys that are more of that UDFA down into tryout and maybe even reject territory where you're just trying to get the data to know, hey, how fast is this guy? How big is yeah. he? So on and so forth. Um, with scouts, I'm interested because I, I saw the the comment about it. I forget. I think it was from something Neil Stratton put out. You know, he's, he's plugged in. And it was uh, essentially along the lines of with these guys having these big pro days, used to, you could go and you could go to like, let's say, West Virginia's pro day. I go to West Virginia's pro day and I can go and talk to a lot of the staff there and they're going to be open about the players because they're done with them, right? Like I get information that I don't normally get during the season have more access mm-hmm. to the coaches after the season, so on and so forth. If you go down to this pro day and let's say the coaches don't come, maybe you have one or two coaches representing that school. You don't have access to those guys. You're losing information that you would be very valuable late in the process where maybe guys are a little bit more open about who these players are. I think that's, that's a very a important point. piece. I think, and this is the thing too, right? Is there, it's going to make it easier on scouts travel wise, but scouts, they're, they're traveling the country all year. Like all fall, they're traveling. It's not like they're afraid of travel. Like, it's not like it's, it's hard. It's very hard, but it's, it's not something they're not used to. Right. And they're, if their job is, okay, we're going to travel and collect this information. Does that impede that in any way? I think that would be my thing. I'm not the type of person who could ever be an area scout. I don't have that type of traveling in me. Um, And so maybe I'm just sitting here from, from a poor perspective saying this, but if I had that job and it was my job to travel and collect the info, I would want to be able to do that. If it meant I got more info,
2: it's yeah, because most people, I think, you get those two weeks at home between the all-star, the end of the all-star season, and the combine, and so you kind of get to settle back in, and then you're back out on the road for another month. Mm-hmm. So they want that to be done as quick as possible, you know. So that's kind of the other thing about pro days, where it's almost a little bit of a disadvantage because unless you're close to home and you're just traveling like the you know, Tennessee Titans going to Vanderbilt, same city. They're not, they could, they can send three guys out there. They can send their in-house guys out and not have any problem collecting that data. Um, It's just, it's tough on them because they don't want to, they're, they're burnout at that point, Yeah, you know, from traveling all fall, traveling all January, missing a lot of the holidays and stuff. And they got that glimpse. They got that little time back at home. And it's like, are oh, you getting ripped away from it again? It, yeah, it is part of the job, but I think, um, it's understandably something that would be frustrating. So the more that you can centralize everything and kind of make the stays a little bit more permanent, I think that a lot of scouts are going to like that. This is a good point that you bring up about coaches—you know—that'll be one thing we'll have to monitor with this Big Twelve Pro Day. What does the coaching presence look like? You're in the middle of spring training for a lot of these programs, so it's a great point.
1: Have you talked to many scouts about this? I'm just curious. A couple.
2: <laughs> I've talked to a couple. Yeah, not not as extensively.
1: Was it like a unanimous? We're ready. You know, we're happy to have it. We want to be home more if we can and make life easier in March. Or How how did that go?
2: The less that you can travel, the better. You know, that's kind of where it is. So if you go to a hotel, you're staying there for three days because you got this four-day pro day event. Mm. That's a bonus. You're going back to the same place, you know, especially if it's real close by. Whereas instead of, Driving you know five hundred miles a day between pro days, going to different places over those three days it it gives you a little bit more time to actually kind of relax process different things and all that mm-hmm. so I Where think they- go ahead, I think the majority of scouts are going to like it personally um I know if I was on the road and I can do the travel stuff because I do that a lot already with you know the different jobs that I do um. I would I would be very happy about it personally. And I would be pushing for conferences to start doing it more as a whole, sooner rather than later.
1: Were they at all concerned about those the issues of okay, we're not maybe getting the same level of info on the
2: smaller school guys? No, no. And, <laughs> no, because I think the expectation is something's gonna come in there and fill that spot. It's gonna fill that void, you know? So I think okay. I I don't think anybody's too worried about it from that aspect. This year it's going to suck for a lot of those schools that were in that big 12 area, but lucky for them, you got a lot of different options. And then I know that certain schools, you know, Tennessee, for example, is one of those schools, they have like a mini pro day the night before their pro day where they bring in all the local school guys that don't have, Mm -hmm. you know, individual pro days and they work out there in front of teams. Cause we had to get a, an Austin P guy into that last year. And, you know, that's one of those closed off to the media. Nobody can get in, not even agents can't get in. So, but they have that available. So some schools are going to continue to do that for the time being. Um, it's just really a matter of just making the calls and figuring out where that is right now. You got, I mentioned the national Scouting and combine. I think Jay Wilson runs that. Um, and they've done that for the last couple of years and sent out some pretty good data booklets uh, of the stuff that they collect there. So, there's options. You just gotta. I don't know how. I don't know where the awareness is for a lot of agents with it right now. I think if
1: I had to pick one side to come down on, I would lean towards whatever makes scouts' lives easier and whatever the preference is. Because, like, like I said, it's easy for me to sit here and say, "Well, you're missing this information." If you, but at the same time, I'm not traveling all fall and then have right. to get right back on the road after being at the combine, you know, for a week and and going through that. You know nightmare process and then you know okay now go travel and you know hit the road again i so whatever makes scouts lives easier um i would i would lean on that and i think part of that comes down to the scouts are forced to do their job no matter what right like they have to cover that area no matter what agents can pick and choose hey do i want to represent this guy from a d2 school from ohio and maybe not know that he's going to get that testing. It's it's right. on them if they want to represent that guy. It's not the scout's decision, you know, whether or not he goes to pro day if the pro day is up. So I think that optionality there makes it easier to come down on the side of scouts.
2: Yeah, and the transfer portal, like you already mentioned, is sending guys up anyway. So, you know, it's I, I actually had somebody ask me if I thought a D2 guy was going to get drafted this year. I said no. You know, I think the guy that's got the best shots, Willie Drew out of Virginia State. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, I don't see a D two guy that looks like he's draftable. And I think the guy, and you know, it turned into like a oh, I'm gonna clown this guy kind of show on Twitter. But it's like I I I honestly think you're you're probably confusing when you say D two. Are we talking FCS? Are we talking actually D two? Yeah, there's gonna be some FCS guys, you know for sure. But you know the D two guys that that are on my draft list did not play D two last year. They played Division one somewhere. You know, so mm-hmm. and it's because they got the transfer portal to move up. But we're at forty-five minutes, so we gotta cut this one off and uh but good conversation, as always. Make sure that you follow everybody. Gam is already gone. You can follow him at Gam Scout, follow me draft follow Jarvis at Jarvis Scouting, follow the show at Sick NFL Draft, and we'll be back at it next episode. Shane, let's get us out of here.
0: And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Draft Vogel on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.